Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, continuing our conversation about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today, I want to talk about preaching or teaching on difficult subjects. This means things like political activism, social justice issues, maybe even some theological challenges. How do you preach and teach on a difficult subject? Something that you know is controversial, that you know is going to create a division of opinion, maybe even among people that are normally very supportive, preaching and teaching on difficult subjects. Well, first of all, let me say that as a pastor or a teacher, you have an obligation to address difficult subjects. You can't just ignore them. But despite the fact that you have this responsibility, this does not mean that you have to address these subjects when people pressure you to do so. In fact, I would advise you to only address a difficult subject when you are ready, when you feel that you have uh, thoroughly vetted a situation or a problem or your position, and you're really ready to take a stand on that particular subject. Now, I say this because you will have people come to you and say, I think you should preach on abortion, or I think you should preach on immigration, or I think you should preach on gay rights, or I think you should preach on political campaigns that are going on. And perhaps you should. But you should only preach on these issues when you feel it's the right time and when you're ready and when you're settled, not when you're pressured to do so. And then you should only address these issues once and be prepared then to stand by that message over time. Now, one of the misunderstandings about preaching on difficult subjects is that you have to do this every week or that you need to frequently bring up these subjects and make sure that people understand your position. I don't really think that's a best way to approach this. I think you're far better to preach one message, defining your position on one particular subject, and then stand by that over time. For example, uh, I did this a number of years ago on the issue of same-sex marriage. Uh, I preached a message, uh, very carefully worked on that message, developed a manuscript about it, and preached uh, a message laying out my convictions about marriage, biblical marriage, traditional marriage, and confronting what I think is the error of same-sex marriage. But I don't preach that message very often. If people ask me about it, uh, I will simply refer them to that message or send them a copy of it. Uh, I haven't had to do that in a while because this is not as pressing of an issue. It's, a, it's still a pressing issue in my mind, but it's more of a settled issue right now in our culture. But that's a pattern that I'm trying to advocate, not so much the subject matter. So you preach a message on a subject, and you make sure that you prepare it carefully. Uh, you prepare a manuscript of that message, an audio recording, maybe even a video recording, and you have it archived, you have it available. So if someone comes and says, you know, what's your position on such and such, or what's your position on this particular issue, you can say, well, I've already covered that, and I'll refer you to what I said a year ago or a few months ago or whenever. 
This keeps you from being pressured to con- to continually raise and speak on these difficult issues. So let me underscore, I do not advocate that you speak on, quote, difficult issues every week. Uh, and I also don't mean, mean to imply that you should speak on every difficult subject. There's just too many of them. But there are always things that are pressing in the moment, pressing in the culture, are pressing in your community that do rise to the level of needing to be addressed in either preaching or teaching. And when that happens, do what I'm advising. Do it when you're ready, not when you're pressured. Do it once and develop a manuscript, an audio, and a video recording of that message. Use that resource then in the future. As people ask you about that difficult subject, you can refer them to what you've already said, what you've already established, the standard that you've already created. Second thing I would say is that when you preach and teach on difficult subjects, make sure that you are addressing issues, not individuals. Don't use sermon time or class time to handle a private conflict or to address a private issue. So, for example, if there is adultery going on in your church between uh, two different two two people. You don't address that in class or address that from the pulpit. No, you go and confront them individually about this issue. If someone in your ministry context has an abortion, you don't preach a message on abortion to confront them. You you deal with them individually and talk about what they've done and why and what that means and what needs to happen in response. You don't preach to attack individuals on issues like this. So it's important to pick an issue and address an issue, not an individual, and address an individual. And when you speak on these difficult or controversial issues, make sure that you speak about large issues, not so much individual events. So, for example, it might be important to speak about Uh, responding to persecution in the global church rather than preaching about one church that got persecuted in one location. Speak about large issues. Speak about uh, movements or subjects more than about individual instances. And when you speak on these issues, make sure that these are issues the Bible actually addresses. Don't make exegetical leaps to try to Force the Bible to speak on issues that it really doesn't say anything about. Now, this is difficult because the Bible does have principles which may apply in various ways in many different situations, and that's an important part of learning how to use the Bible wisely. But just be careful that you don't make immediate applications of issues that the Bible really doesn't address and make them as if the Bible is speaking conclusively on those issues. Another thought about preaching and teaching on difficult subjects. When you're speaking on these subjects, be very careful and precise in your use of language and in what you're saying about these issues. Don't make hyperbolic or exaggerated statements. And Don't use hostile humor. It really doesn't advance your 
mission or promote your position to make fun of people who disagree with you. That's really not the goal of a serious sub, a serious message or Bible study or class presentation on a controversial or difficult issue. You're not there to make fun of the enemy or make fun of the other side or make fun of people who don't agree with you. You're there to lay out your case. If necessary, lay out the opposition case. Make critical and even uh, corrective comments about it, but without hyperbolic, exaggerated, or hostile statements. Now, as a part of this, let me also caution you about what I'll call presumptive conclusions. Presumptive conclusions. And I'll use an example from a, a recent incident in our culture, which in and of itself is controversial for me to even talk about here on the podcast. And that was the murder of George Floyd. Now, I use those words carefully. But I also got involved where I had to actually offer a corrective to a person uh, in the process of the George Floyd incident. Uh, after Mr. Floyd uh, died, and during the time of the trial and waiting for the trial to take place, uh, a friend of mine made a public statement that George Floyd had been murdered. And I know this friend pretty well. So I went to him privately and said, you know, I, I don't think you can say that. Well, he was very agitated about the issue and said, you know, that he, he was, that he did feel like he could say that because that's what happened. And I said, no, that, that's really not what happened, not yet. You need to be very careful in your language and describe what is actually known. And what is actually known is that uh, George Floyd died at the hands of a police officer while in his custody. And the courts will decide if that was a murder or not. And they did. Now, I think it's appropriate to say George Floyd was murdered because that's what now has been established as a legal fact. So when you're speaking about these issues, you need to be really careful to use precise language about what has already been determined, about what has already happened, about what has already been proven. Be careful of speculative comments. Now, I, I, I want to be really careful here. Uh, I have some strong opinions about things that happen in our culture, and I would like to make presumptive statements about them because I think I'm right. But when I'm preaching and teaching about those things, I have to be very careful not to make those presumptive statements. Just because I think I'm right doesn't make me right. Just because I think I have the facts doesn't mean I have the facts. Just because I anticipate what the conclusions will be doesn't mean that's the conclusions that have been reached. So be careful. Don't make presumptive statements. Don't draw conclusions that have not yet been established as fact. So when you're preaching and teaching on a controversial subject, a controversial incident, something going on currently in the culture, be very careful that you use measured language. Speak the truth. Speak the facts, speak what has been established or has been proven, and then if new information comes about or new conclusions are reached, go on beyond where you started to a conclusion statement that may be even more definitive. But stay with the facts as you have them. And as I'm saying that, let me also encourage you to get your facts from reputable sources and be prepared to document what you say and what you include in your message.
Get your facts from reputable sources. And by the way, I think most of you know, that does not mean anything on the internet. Reputable sources are news organizations that have standards of accountability, boards to whom the leaders are responsible, a measure of uh, a proven measure or track record of factual accountability. That's what you're looking for. All right. Another idea about preaching and teaching on difficult subjects is to prepare thoroughly when you do so and consider speaking from a manuscript even if you don't normally do so. Now, I do not normally speak from a manuscript. I prepare thoroughly, and I typically preach extemporaneously. But when I'm addressing a controversial or difficult subject, or when I'm speaking in any venue where I believe that I will be extensively quoted, I want to speak with precision, meaning I want to carefully craft my words into a manuscript and use that uh, very uh, th- or be, be, be tied very closely to that so that I will be precise in what I say about the subject. Now, a manuscript can be very helpful for a number of reasons. First of all, it will help you to be more precise with your words. It will help you to say what you really intend to say. And second, it will help you to avoid spontaneous comments that get you in trouble. You know, it's, it's, not off, it, it's often not what we plan to say which causes us difficulty. It's what we didn't plan to say, which we decided to spontaneously add to the presentation. You know, that in-the-moment con- uh, thought that flashes into your mind that seems just so brilliant when it lands there, and then it comes out of your mouth, and you realize that probably was not something I wanted to say in this setting. Now, when you use a manuscript, which enables you to be more precise and avoid spontaneity, it also gives you the privilege of of having some other people read and comment on what you plan to say before you say it. Now, this may surprise some of you, but when I develop a manuscript here at Gateway, I have usually two or three people read through it and mark it up and give it back to me before I finalize it for public use. If it's something that is particularly theological or biblical, I will have a theology professor or one of the older New Testament professors at our school read through it and just mark it up like they would grading a paper and give it back to me. Uh, for the use of language and for public relations issues, I often have the, a couple of different vice presidents here uh, read what I'm going to present and give it back to me in that same marked up fashion. Now, I want to be clear, I'm not preaching by committee or teaching by committee. What goes out with my name on it is mine, and I have to own it, every word of it. But that doesn't mean that I can't get good input from other people. I sometimes use language they suggest for me. I sometimes take out words that I was planning to use and put different words in their place. Uh, Sometimes I find that they point out grammatical errors or things that I was saying that just weren't quite as precise or clear. Maybe my word choice wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. 
So all of these kinds of things make my communication on controversial or difficult subjects better because I'm more precise, I'm less spontaneous, others have read and commented and have given me input along the way. And then having others read it beforehand also does another thing, and that is it helps me understand how my words, which seems so clear to me, will be perceived by other people when they hear them. Sometimes my readers will send me back notes and say, this just doesn't make sense, or I think I know what you're trying to say, but this isn't really communicating, or you know, have you thought about how this will be heard by this community or by this group or by this, uh, this uh, people from this background? And those kinds of comments help me to reshape what I'm saying because it helps me understand how other people will perceive what I'm going to say. And then another thing, I've already mentioned this earlier in the podcast, another thing a manuscript does for you is it gives you a permanent record, a resource to read uh, to give people in the future. Uh, For example, uh, a few months ago here at Gateway, I I spoke a a presentation on forgiveness, restoration, uh, and the grace of God as it relates to Uh, leaders who have fallen into various kinds of sinful behavior and how we can work to bring them uh, back to a point of restoration. Or if we can't do that, why not? And what does that mean? I spent a good bit of time developing that message, used all the processes I'm describing here on the podcast to finally shape it into a final form. And then once we completed it, I've given it out to many people since then. Uh, Get calls not not infrequently, I get calls from people saying, hey, we have this situation where this person has fallen into this sin or this leader has made this mistake or this kind of activity has been discovered. You know, can you help us know what to do? And I say, well, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to read this presentation I made on this issue a few months ago. And then once you've read that, then we can have a conversation about how to apply it in your particular situation. So preparing thoroughly to speak from a manuscript means that uh, you have a resource to give people for the future. Now, I've done another podcast in the uh, another time on preaching for a manuscript, so I won't go into that in more detail, but I will just say one more thing about this, and that is when you write a manuscript, remember, it is not a term paper. It's not a formal paper. It's not something to be uh, you know, published in a journal or even published in a magazine. No, remember, a manuscript is an oral presentation, so it should be written with uh, uh, the style of your speaking and the speaking voice that you would normally use and the speaking style that you would normally have, so that when you actually read the manuscript, it's not reading a paper to someone, it's actually your voice of speaking and teaching, preaching, uh, coming through in a written form. So just keep that in mind as you develop the material. Now, another thing I would say is that as you're addressing difficult or controversial subjects, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you won't always be able to find an exact Bible verse that speaks to every one of these issues. So I think when you're working on these kinds of subjects or issues, you're better off to look for large theological themes that address uh, these issues. Uh, Positively, themes like God's providence and sustaining power. God's care for people in crisis, uh, God's creative power and his creative uh, power expressed by his image being found in every human. Uh, These are large theological themes that really form the foundation from which you can address any number of issues. 
And then, of course, there are also some negative themes that come into play, God's judgment on sin and what that means for all of us, God's hatred for idols and how they are being exposed in our lives and what it means when they are exposed. These are the kinds of large theological themes that I think are very helpful in addressing difficult or controversial subjects, especially those who don't have a chapter and verse speaking directly to them from the Bible. So as you're thinking about how to address these issues, think large theological themes, not necessarily proof texting verses uh, to make your point. Now, again, there are some controversial subjects and some difficult subjects that there are specific passages of Scripture that address those issues directly. Don't be afraid to use those. Those are great exegetical resources. But on other issues where things may not be quite as uh, verse-by-verse cut and dried, uh, think about large theological themes as the way to address these issues. And I'll go on to say as you're doing this, make sure that you avoid uh, some problems or some, some, some misuse, if you will, of the Bible in this context. First of all, be careful that you don't weaponize Scripture by making inappropriate connections or applications. For example, in the Old Testament, there are some really strong uh, stories and examples of God's judgment. Now, God's judgment is real, and it's, it's still a threat uh, and a reality for us today that God will judge sin, and he will judge sinful people. But just be careful that you preach the principle that may emerge out of those Old Testament stories and, and not necessarily the direct application. Just because God did something one way to a marauding tribe of rebe- rebellious people in the Old Testament doesn't mean that exact same thing is going to happen to people in your community who are not doing things maybe the way you want them done. So just be careful about weaponizing Scripture and using it in ways that are beyond what it was really intended to mean when it was originally written. And then be careful that you don't proof text Scripture or use it out of context or out of balance. You know, for example, the Bible does say that we are to love one another. And I've heard that verse used to describe uh, all kinds of behavior being permissible because we can't judge each other. We have to love one another. Well, you need to understand those words in context and in the larger context of the theological themes of the Bible. Yes, we are responsible to love one another. No, we are not permitted to indiscriminately judge one another. Those are clear verses from Scripture. But you've got to be careful that you don't lift those phrases out of the Bible, proof text them in such a way that they are then uh used to communicate something that really isn't the meaning they had in their context or in the larger uh, context of Scripture. And then I'd also say as a part of this, don't be presumptive about your applications of what you think something looks like in this culture. Now, certainly you will make some applications and you will make some judgments. Just be careful that you don't go too far. For example, there's a lot of uh, language out there today about justice. Well, God certainly demands justice. You can find that throughout Scripture. 
But we need to be really careful about what we label as justice in our world and of what it takes for us to experience justice in our world and make sure that that's in line with the biblical pattern or standard of what justice really looks like. I guess I would say in all of this, just be careful of your interpretive perspective. All of us have a perspective. All of us want to or all of us see the Bible and life through our lens. Just be careful, especially on controversial or difficult subjects or topics that you're not letting your perspective skew too much what you have to say about these issues. Well, finally, let me say, uh, while I've advocated that you address difficult or controversial subjects, I don't think you should do it very often, and I don't think it should be the pattern of your preaching or teaching ministry. Your best preaching and teaching is to simply move through the scriptures, pick a section of the Bible or a book of the Bible, and preach and teach through that. Take the topics that come up as they come, and you'll be and you'll find yourself presenting a very balanced viewpoint of what the Bible's message is to us today. So when you do decide that it's time to preach or teach on one of these difficult subjects or, ta- or topics, go ahead and do it. But then move quickly back into your normal pattern of preaching and teaching so that people have a continuity of understanding what the Bible says. And by moving through sections of Scripture or books of the Bible, you are bringing an automatic built-in balance to what you want to say based on what God's Word says to the people who come to hear you preach and teach on a regular basis. They don't need to hear a steady diet of your topical um, sermons or your topical studies on difficult or controversial subjects so that you can prove week by week that you're speaking on the cutting edge of what's happening in the culture. You need to speak on the timeless edge of what's happening in the Bible. Because if you will teach and preach through, through the Bible, through sections of the Bible or books of the Bible, if you will do that, just taking it verse by verse and walking through it, it will bring the right kind of balance to your preaching and teaching and the right kind of emphasis to what really matters to God and what ought to really matter to his people. If you come up to one of these controversial or difficult subjects in that kind of Bible teaching or preaching ministry, go ahead and address it, of course, because it's right there in the text. But I'm advocating that you have a consistent Bible preaching and teaching ministry that is built on Scripture, that's built on sections of the Bible or books of the Bible, and that by doing that has a balanced approach that gives emphasis to the things that really need to be emphasized and are emphasized throughout the Bible. You do that, and you'll be laying out the balanced foundation people need for the kind of discipleship and spiritual growth that's required as a result of hearing you preach and teach. So today, we've talked about addressing difficult subjects, preaching and teaching on controversial issues. As pastors, preachers, professors, and teachers, we have an obligation to help people understand what the Bible says on these difficult, controversial subjects. Doing this is challenging. It is difficult. It takes a lot out of us. It requires an effort, a focus, a discipline that is worthy of our responsibility, but also 
takes a lot out of us in the doing of it. Don't shy away, but embrace preaching and teaching with some of the counsel I've given you today so that you do it in the healthiest way possible and in a way that is truly impactful. It's a heavy weight to stand up in front of people in a classroom or a Sunday school class, a a, uh, Bible study meeting, a Sunday sermon. It's a heavy weight to stand up in that context and speak the truth from the Word of God. It's a heavy weight week in, week out. But when you come to one of these moments where you have to address a particularly difficult, controversial, painful, emotionally charged issue, the burden is even greater. But take on that responsibility. Declare what God's Word says about these issues. Fulfill your obligation as a preacher, a pastor, a teacher, professor. Fulfill your obligation as someone who's been charged with the responsibility of teaching God's people to teach them, even when it's difficult or challenging. Taking on this task is a part of our role of being good Bible teachers and a part of our responsibility as we lead on.